0: Hi, in this week's episode, we're going to talk more about the Most Favored Nation Model Rule, or MFN, and billing the new HixPix code M1145, the MFN drug add-on payment. We have had a great question submitted by one of our newsletter readers. The question is as follows. How would you suggest establishing the M1145 charge in the charge router in order to ensure billing compliance across all financial classes. Agatha, it seems that the interim interim final rule doesn't provide really a straightforward guidance for this question. Of course, the rule only applies to payment for Medicare outpatients, but are there any other regulations that would help us arrive to an answer?
1: Yeah, thanks Maxie, And, and I agree. The rule is really silent on this issue. But there is some guidance in other regulations, as well as precedents that Medicare has set with other HCPCS codes that have been created to provide drug add-on payments. First, let me review some language in Chapter 22, Section 2202.4, that's in the Medicare Provider Reimbursement Manual, Part 1. This section actually defines the word charges, and here's the language. Charges refer to the regular rates established by the provider for services rendered to both beneficiaries and to other paying patients. Charges should be related consistently to the cost of the services and uniformly applied to all patients, whether inpatient or outpatient. So based upon this definition of charges, we interpret that your charges need to relate to your overall costs which include handling storage and overhead, and are applied to both Medicare patients and other paying patients. The charges also need to be the same, whether the patient is an inpatient or outpatient status. Medicare indicates that these charges are to be reported at gross value, which means that the charges are before the application of any allowances or discount deductions. With these instructions, we believe it would be appropriate to bill M1145 to all payers and patient types. And of course, these are billing instructions only, not necessarily payment. Maxie, do you wanna discuss another element, which is the matching of charges on primary and secondary payer claims?
0: Sure, I'd be happy to, as getting correct insurance information at the time of registration is often difficult. What we are talking about here is that insurance information often gets changed from the original information provided at registration. If a facility is selectively reporting the M1145 code based upon the insurance plan, resequencing of payer information can lead to claim processing delays. There is another important issue with insurance and that is, is The necessity to have primary and secondary payer claims match for each service billed and for total charges. The charges must match so that the accurate determination can be made of the financial liability of the primary payer, the secondary payer, and finally, the patient. We have two other scenarios where selectively reporting the HICS-Fix codes become problematic. In this case of dual eligibles, i.e. Medicare primary and Medicaid secondary. Medicare automatically transmits that primary claim to Medicaid after processing, so those claims will match. But it is unclear if the state Medicaid programs will recognize this as an add-on payment and not require an NDC number on the charge line, even if the charge is reported in the Revenue Code 636 or 250. Under Medicare and Medicare secondary payer rules, the amount the provider bills for the service rendered, or the charge amount, should match the amount billed to both the primary insurance and Medicare.
1: Maxie, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do have a question here. What if Medicare processes the claim, but then the secondary payer actually rejects that HicksPix code? How do we get the second claim to process? Do we mark the charge as non-covered on the secondary claim? Good question.
0: It is really unclear how the payers will handle the M1145, but if the claim is rejected, we recommend that the payer is contacted as M1145 is a valid HCPCS code for all payers. Since this is a new code, it may take some time for payers to update their system. We do not recommend that billers automatically mark the charges as non-covered for both Medicare and non-Medicare as this will result in a loss of revenue for non-billing and valid services. If a payer continues to reject a claim stating that M1145 is not recognized, an alternative recommendation may be to remove the fix code and bill the charge under Revenue Code 250 to ensure the total charges on the claim balance regardless of the payer. Agatha, you mentioned that Medicare has had other fix codes. There were also, quote-unquote, drug add-on codes that resulted in payment. Can you review these for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, We're actually aware of two recent examples where drug add-on payments have been created. First, in 2006, CMS recognized that intravenous immunoglobulin, or IVIG, products were in short supply and that providers were expending significant resources in even locating IVIG products. This occurred both in hospitals and physician offices. So CMS created a special HCPCS code, G0332, which was the definition pre-administration related services for IV infusion of immunoglobulin, with the parenthetical note that this service is to be built in conjunction with the administration of immunoglobulin. And of course, as I mentioned, it was used to bill the service of locating and shipping the IVIG. This HCPCS code had to be billed on the same claim as the IVIG product and the same date of service. Medicare actually took an extra step establishing an add-on payment of $75 in the hospital setting. And they did expect that G0332 was billed only once per date of service. Again, this payment was in addition to the payment for the drug and the Drug Administration Service. Medicare established edits, so if the HCPCS code G0332 was billed without the drug product and without the Drug Administration Service, the claim was actually returned to the provider and the provider was asked to review it and revise it correctly. So an edit also rejected a claim if that HixPix code was billed with a unit of more than one for each date of service. This payment was continued through calendar year 2008, but was eliminated as of January 1st of 2009. We'd like our listeners to take note that Medicare has not yet indicated whether they will establish similar edits like they did with IVIG on these new MFN model drugs with the hics code M114. The second example that we have has to do with the diagnostic radiopharmaceutical. In 2013, Medicare established HCPCS code Q9969, technesium 99 from non-highly enriched uranium source, full cost recovery add-on per study dose. It was to be billed separately from the radiopharmaceutical itself that is used in the diagnostic procedures. Medicare provided instructions that the code would be paid at $10 per dose. PIXPIX code Q9969 actually continues to be an active code today. So the payment rate of $10 per dose is still um, included in the October 2020 Addendum B payment rate schedule. Again, we'd like our listeners to take note that Medicare has reminded us that for the MFN model drugs, they will pay the lower of the established payment rate of the $148.73 or the claim charge. So if you would like to receive the $148.73 per dose, we we should ensure that that code M1145 has an established charge of at least $148.73 or greater. Well, Maxie, that was a lot of information on those two examples. Can you kind of distill this down to a practical answer to the original question?
0: I sure can. Here's the question again. How would you suggest establishing the M1145 charge in the charge router in order to ensure billing compliance across all financial classes? And here is our short answer. We absolutely recommend that the M1145 be set up to bill all payers and both inpatient and outpatients based on information from the Provider Reimbursement Manual, insurance changes, and guidance on claim balancing for financial liability. We have a precedence where Medicare has established other specific drug add-on codes for IVIG and the non-HEU Technetium-99, which were recognized by other payers. Because there is still a lot of unknowns and the short information implementation timeline, we also recommend that the initial claims be closely scrutinized to verify that all the units of M1145 are being billed correctly per dose, that Medicare is applying the appropriate payment rate and other payers are not rejecting claims, which contain the M1145 effective January 1, 2021. Of course, it would be good to verify that other payers are reimbursing according to their contracted terms and policies. Please continue to submit your questions and have your questions answered. Our goal is simple. We're taking complex information and making it practical. Until our next episode, this is Maxie Fremel and Agatha Nolan, providing you with tips for increasing your pharmacy revenue.